Americans. This is the Urbane Cowboys podcast with Josiah Neely of R Street Institute and Doug McCullough of Lone Star Policy Institute. Good day. Howdy, y'all. Welcome to the Urbane Cowboys podcast. I am Josiah Neely with the R Street Institute. And I'm Doug McCullough with the Lone Star Policy Institute. If you like today's show, please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Today, we're joined with my friend, Kate Hyde, better known as Kate Hyde NY, or do you pronounce that as Kate Heitney? Uh, it's however you want. It's the internet, right? It, it just depends on how you read it. But it's it's Kate Hyde, New York, NY, because that's where I'm from. So you are sort of, you're sort of Twitter famous. Tell us a little bit about your... Uh, politics. This is a bit of a policy show. I, I sort of, in some ways, compare you to Bridget P- Patassi, who describes herself as ironically detached. How would you describe yourself? Oh, that's interesting. Um, you know, I, I'm not entirely sure how I would describe myself. I think part of what makes me, I guess part of what makes me unique is that I try to stay away from boxing myself in. If you look at me straight on, I'm pretty much a conservative, but I really, I really don't fight for a camp and I, I like politics because I hate politics. So I'm, I'm kind of looking at politics and um, understanding it from the, the point that it, it, I know that it has a huge impact on my life, but I'm looking at it like it's pop culture. And I feel like that's a, a unifying way to look at politics. You know, it, we can't be so harsh about it, but we have to also understand that without politics, as Charles Krauthammer said, without politics, you know, everything else risks existence. So it's it's such a vital part of our lives. But, uh, you know, I'm a conservative that likes to have fun with it. And I, like I said, I like politics because I hate politics. And that's sort of the, the lens I look at it with. What do you think about the <laughs> Space Force? Oh, I think Space Force is the greatest thing that's ever happened. I mean, uh, now I we're... That, I think that boxes you in right there, you know. So, there you uh, go. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I am a Space Force advocate. Nothing gets in the way of Space Force. So, you know what? That's right. That is how I would describe myself. Space Force advocate. Do you do you see yourself actually involved in being recruited to the Space Force? You know, maybe if they have cheerleaders kind of like the NFL, I could see myself definitely being a part of it for sure. Other than that, I'm not sure if uh, I have the brain capacity. <laughs> Zero gravity cheerleading would be cool because you could do like an infinite number of flips, backflips, right? That is absolutely, that's a, that's a phenomenal point because you know on Earth I would not be able to do that. I can, no. I can barely. People. I can really walk down the stairs. I don't know if you saw the other day I tweeted I fell down the stairs. It was a great start to the day. So yeah, yeah. Any help I can get and Space Force would be a great place to start. You fall down the stairs, you just get there quicker. You know? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, a fun way. I miss slides. Yeah. That's all I was trying to do. One of the great things about Twitter is that sometimes you actually get to meet some of the people that you've met virtually online, and, and we were able to meet recently. But Twitter, one of the downsides is it seems to be becoming sort of hostile to funny people. Uh, recently, Twitter banned Tatani McGrath, and how I, I'm not even sure what you call him, Jay uh, Mujahid. I'm not sure what, what name he used to go by, but uh, th- he was banned recently. I'm not sure that he's fully back, although there's somebody that seems like it might be Jay. It is Jay. Uh, I've got the confirmation that's Jay. When you're banned, what do you think you're going to be banned for? You know, I think I'm going to be banned for exactly what just happened. Um, pretending that I'm part of something that I'm not. You know, I, I would go out there and say I'm a space 
Force commander. And by the time that they start really cracking down on Twitter, they'll say, oh, you know, that's that's a false identity. You can't be on here for that. <laughs> I was recently at a, a conference and some of the advice was given by Arthur Brooks was to never interact with an anonymous account. That seems to be where a lot of the trouble is stirred up is with all these anonymous accounts. Do you uh, do you have any anonymous accounts that maybe you want to dox tonight? <laughs> No, I, I don't know. I don't think the problem is with anonymous accounts. I think anonymous accounts, I mean, you always have that curiosity of who are you? What are you doing here? And a lot of times, you know, you, you just want so badly, I think as humans, we want so badly to reveal who a person is that's making us laugh or entertaining us or is coming after us with such hate and evil that you're like, who are you and why are you coming for us? This is absurd. But I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think anonymous people are the problem on Twitter. There's, there's no one that I really wish I knew who they were. Uh, that happened once a few years ago. And I, I just DM them and tried really hard to figure out who they were. And I said, you don't have to tell me, but I want to know. And now, you know, he's, He's a good friend. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think there's I, – I think there's a need for them on there. I think it keeps things fun and exciting. And, you know, if you want to be anonymous, I don't – I kind of don't blame you. It's a crazy world out there. It's never uh, – in my experience, the anonymous writers are it's never as interesting as you think it is before you find out who they are. Uh, Deep Throat being the classic example. Uh, people thought, oh, well, maybe, maybe it's Henry Kissinger. Maybe it's Pat Buchanan. Maybe it's Nixon, right? Right? Mark Feld. You know, I take it back. There's someone that sparked something in me. I would love to know who QAnon is. And I know he's not a Twitter guy, but in general, that anonymous person, I would love to know what 14-year-old is in his basement pretending to be someone in the administration. I would love to know the secret behind QAnon. Well, it's supposed to be sure. It's supposed to be several people, right? Isn't it? Don't they say that it's I, a, a, a consortium? I, you know, I I don't follow it that closely. I just love the 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 hype about it. So yeah, so maybe it's a bunch of people who whatever it is, I would just I would love to know if it's if it's a quarter legit or entirely legit or not at all. That's what I would go after. Who is Q? So do you think that the government needs to step in and and maybe uh, whip Jack into shape so that he doesn't suspend so many accounts? No, I don't think the government should have anything to do with it. I think I think the marketplace you know, is it'll sort itself out. And I am surprised Jack has stayed in Twitter as long as he has. I don't know what kind of power or control he has there. I don't know who's afraid to kick him out. He has destroyed so many things about Twitter. But I mean, I don't think government inter- intervention should happen there. What are they going to do? Regulate and eventually make it worse? I mean, let's be real. Twitter will not be what we're all talking about in 20 years. Um, the thing with the internet is there, it's everything is still so so new. It's like all these tech companies, they're, they're trends. Even Google, you know, we've only had this for a few years and we feel like it's such a staple in our lives. But, you know, Google could be totally non-existent like MySpace in five years and no one cares about it because something better came along. And I think that that is, you know, it's it's the old rule. Just keep the government out of it. It'll sort itself out. That's that's it. They're not they're not doing anything so terrible. People like Laura Loomer want to fight and say that she's being silenced. She's not. She's absolutely not being silenced on a day-to-day basis. A lot of people find more ways to speak out once they are banned from Twitter. Twitter is really nothing. It's a place for fun. You know, you can use it however you'd like, but yeah, keep the government out of it. Well, and even uh, arguably if they made mistakes, like say with Jesse Kelly or Titania, uh, they reverse themselves and they reverse themselves really quickly, which you would never expect the federal 
federal government to to have some appeal process that essentially you know, zip through in maybe 48 hours. Right. That's that's totally true. Yeah. It, if the government had control, that would be a whole series of paperwork. It would be ridiculous. <laughs> so I, I know you saw this thing about California considering uh, taxing texts. Uh, and I think Chicago was considering taxing gaming through PlayStation. <laughs> what do you think about that? I mean, it's it's hilarious. Uh, that's it. I can't. I can't even give you a, a real opinion on it. I mean, it is so ridiculous that that is an idea that they somehow think that, that would be a solution. And for what? How much money are you going to get? And where's that money going to go? And why? Why is it that the government thinks? Oh my gosh, society loves something. Society feels like they need something. Society's using something. Let's go put a tax on it. I mean, it, it's crazy. It's absurd. If California wants to do it, let them do it. If they all agree that's a good idea. Um, the point that that starts being a federal law, that's when we need to pipe up. But California's crazy. They just, they keep making me laugh. I kind of like that they're there. I mean, I'm in New York. It's no better. I have the choice to leave and I'm still here. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's ridiculous. Well, what have you been watching on Netflix? Ooh, Netflix, I just, I really like the crime documentaries. Okay, all right. Crime documentaries are my thing, and The Office is kind of on repeat for the past eight years. That's 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 kind of a warning sign, isn't it? Someone's like really into true crime. Is it? <laughs> I need your opinion on the, uh, the pressing issue of the day. Are you pro or against the Ted Cruz beard? <laughs> I'm totally for Ted Cruz's beard. I think it, it looks great. I think it's a great talking point. Um, I'm totally pro beard. Yeah, do you think he should go beyond this? Maybe a tat sleeve? You know, what else should he do to, to change his image? Here's the thing about Ted Cruz's beard. Ted Cruz is is basically doing everything. He has a great social media team. The teams, I mean, the, the beard's a part of it. His beer video, picking up beer, was a part of it. All of his tweets, his deadspin tweets, his, his little quirky responses. I mean, basically everything he's doing now is to try so hard to be trendy and fit in and be fun. And this beard, no doubt, is is a part of that. So whatever, you know, if he has to, whatever the next trend is, if it's planking or I don't know what's next, he's going to do it and I cannot wait to watch. Ted Cruz doing the Insta split. There you go. What's the Insta split? Oh, uh, well, I just discovered this. Uh, somebody mentioned this on Twitter saying that Twitter is so much better than uh, Instagram because the hottest thing on Instagram apparently is people taking pictures of themselves doing splits in the most bizarre locations and it's called the Insta split. <laughs> That sounds pretty funny. I don't want to see Ted Cruz do that. <laughs> you know, I think we promised the the listeners that this would be a bit of a year in review. With that in mind, who's been, you know, in this, uh, in 2018, who's been your favorite person to come through the White House? Oh, favorite person to come through the White House. Jim Acosta. Um, oh, oh, you mean, and not in the administration, just who has been there? Well, let's answer it both okay. ways. Um, Jim Acosta, I think he totally should get the award for, you know, best person to come through the White House. He's been so disruptive, um, created so much value and, and content for the internet. I think Acosta is a is a winner on in every capacity. Um, in a serious part, I think that's my answer. What about you guys? What do you think? <laughs> well, I, I think my favorite is uh, Nick Ayers being, uh, I, I guess, named a chief of staff. Mm -hmm. And by the time that the uh, the tweets started going out that he was going to be named as chief of staff, he had already declined. <laughs> um, I mean, I think I think that actually beats um, Scaramucci for his tenure. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah, the the people going in and out of that administration has been fun to watch for sure. I think that there's a lot of secret weapons there that people aren't paying much attention to that have done great things this year. I'm disappointed that Chris Christie didn't take the chief of staff job. And not only because of, you know, that would be great for the jokes or whatever, but uh, I actually think you'd probably do a pretty good job of that. And you would have the jokes. But right. But wasn't, I mean, wasn't Chris Christie the one to put... um, He did put Jared's dad in jail. um, Yes, that's... Yeah, that would have been an interesting dynamic. So you said there are some people doing some great things in the White House. So give us some examples. What are some of the good things the Trump administration have done? And maybe some of the uh, the people that are uh, worth a little bit of praise. Well, I think, you know, everyone loves Mattis. I think since he went in there, I mean, he's held tight since the beginning of the administration. He's always doing great things. He's you know, leading the DOD with honor. But first of all, I love Linda McMahon. I think I'm a huge WWE fan. Her also staying in and, and leading the Small Business Administration. Um, part of the administration is is wonderful. But really, if you look at what Steve Mnuchin's been able to do in, keep in foreign policy, this is something that we hadn't seen, especially during the eight years of um, Obama, was Steve Mnuchin's basically been weaponizing the Treasury um, to be able to keep people for us. And and that is, I think, phenomenal and, and overlooked. And I think he's the butt of a lot of jokes, but he's doing a real good job over there with, um you know, being North Korea in line and, and all of that. And, and you know, the sanctions. Um, I, I just I just think the, the weaponization of the Treasury is, is an interesting thing to watch. And he's doing a good job. So what's been your favorite Trump tweet of the past year? <gasps> I had to think about this one because there are so many favorites. Um, One that stands out is when he gave a very direct and stern message to um, the Iranian president. And he said, what did he say? He said, to Iranian President Rouhani. And then in all caps, just absolutely laid into him. If you ever threaten the United States, we are coming for you. I think that was one of the most um, brazen tweets. It was the most direct. I don't think anyone had a reason to stand up against it. And it created a lot of fun on the internet that day. So all together, I think that would have to be a winner in my book. So my Trump tweet is one that he tweeted initially, I think it was back in 2013 during the debate over the Syria uh, chemical weapons thing, which was uh, our country is looking very bad right now. In terms of this year, he tweeted sometime, I think this summer, maybe it was during the whole border crisis thing, he tweeted in all caps, change the laws. Uh, So that that's something that I retweet periodically as appropriate. So I, surprisingly, I don't actually follow Donald Trump. It's kind of like Caitlin Bennett. Just every once in a while, there's enough people that will retweet um, Caitlin or Donald Trump into my timeline, whether I want want them to be there or not. So I see plenty yeah, of- You his, can't actually uh, tweets, not follow Trump, actually follow right? Hmm. Even if you, I mean, you could just like mute the word. Yeah, that, that's the thing. I think no matter what, if you're, if it's big enough, you're going to see what Donald Trump tweets. So I guess if you don't want to get totally wrapped up in every little thing that he says, you don't need to follow him. But yeah, you, you definitely know some things that or if you watch tv you know <laughs> read newspapers uh talk to people they'll just bring it up to you when he's tweeted mm-hmm. so you really it's hard to it's hard to avoid uh his twitter account altogether he's got, he's got market penetration we all yeah. follow him even if you don't want to yeah, we're right, all interested right. in what he's saying go figure right <laughs> all right so let's talk about doug what's your favorite doug tweet <laughs> 
Ooh, my gosh. I don't <laughs> even know, but... Uh, actually, I prefer... Whenever he uh, uh, is... His, like, pictures or if he's appearing on TV or whatever, he, he's got a great facial expression that he adopts when he's just not... When he's not talking, which kind of combines, I'm really not happy to be here. Uh, this is gonna, you know, all turn out horribly. That, that's kind of what he's conveying, which... It's not a, it's not a Tucker Carlson <laughs> look. It's, it's more... Uh, it's closer to being, like, uh, kind of a droopy dog type type of look i think uh yeah he's, he's always afraid he's always um, right right scared yeah. of that's not, upsetting it, that's not or, how he is in person like when he's actually yeah. talking but it's just like his resting uh whatever face resting yeah resting worried face yeah. <laughs> resting worried yeah. face <laughs> so I was about to say, you know, we often ask guests about their uh, about movies that are relevant to them. But for you, well, tell us, you know, since we're having this conversation about year and review, uh, what would have been some of your favorite movies? Can I tell you the truth that I do not believe I have seen a movie this year. I had, I had to phenomenal. think so hard if I had slipped one in there. Um, I, I definitely did not go to the theater. And uh, I think the last time I was I went to the theater for a movie. God, I can't believe it would be that long ago. But I think it was for the Anthony Weiner documentary documentary back in 2000. That would explain why you haven't been to a movie since, right? I don't know. Yeah, right. No, I actually loved that one. But yeah, no, I I don't like movies. I don't like TV. I'd much rather just turn on C-SPAN and watch that all day. It's there's something in me. So I, I am not a movie buff. If it's if I've seen one, you know, it's probably 10 years ago and I can quote one line or get one reference. But other than that, that is not my thing. Do you ever mix it up and actually like watch something other than CNN? I watch, yeah, CNN, C-SPAN. Um, what else? I was on vacation with my mom last week and she had live PD on, which I found very interesting. I think it has to have some element of reality mixed into it. So even though you can argue that CNN, you know, is is all fake. Um, I I really like grabbing reality and mixing it with entertainment. I think that's good, but I, I do I do really poorly with them. Anything else? I mean, that's basically. Oh, you know, I watch things on YouTube. Cat videos, a lot. interviews. Yeah, if they pop up, I'll watch them. But yeah, it's, it's usually a lot of interviews or. Um, Have you watched the like uh, Alex Jones music videos? If they're on Twitter, I've seen them. I don't go out of my way. I don't. I don't search for those. There's a lot of it. Yes. There's yeah, a lot that's of true. Alex that's Jones true. content out there. <laughs> How does Kate uh, celebrate Ooh. Christmas? Um, I usually celebrate it with my family. Very low key. Depends on which sisters are in town. Um, always at my parents' house. Just very low key. Eat, hang out, enjoy life, and and enjoy the cold weather. What do you guys do? I typically go on a ten day fast cleanse i like construct a kind of um it's called a stylite which is kind of like this long pillar or pole in the backyard and you just uh there's a, like a board on the top uh so you can stay up there all the time and meditate and you know just be close to god <laughs> yeah wow, that's yeah it's beautiful. A, it's a, i should try that this year right yeah that's right yeah yeah now you can take your phone so up there a, so i guess so you could still you know but there you go i'll tweet up there yeah i just i just see my my family so boy I, you know i think uh I think yeah. Josiah's got to speak. So uh, let's let's talk about 2019 since it's right around the corner. In 2019, any big predictions for 2019? Predictions? Um, I think it's going to be a great year. The best one yet. The craziest one yet. I say that because every year seems to trump the one before it. 
2019. I think it's just going to get, it's going to get really exciting seeing who's coming out of the woodwork for um, 2020. I think, you know, the lead up, I think 2015 was a great lead up to 2016 and, and 2019 will be just like that for 2020. I think we'll see a lot of people that we know coming out and, you know, Beto and Biden and all that. But I think we're going to be sprung with a few surprises and it'll be a great time making fun of it all along the way. So any predictions on the Democrat side? Who's going to get the nomination? I always thought it was going to be Biden. I think a lot can change in the next year, but I've held tight to Biden. I just think he's he's likable. And right now he's very quiet. He is hush hush. He's in the background. And I think that's really what the, they need. Everyone else is trying too hard to get in the forefront and they're kind of losing credibility with that. I know everyone thinks Beto's going to run. He might run, but I think doesn't have enough substance. Do I think that that disqualifies him? No. But I think I think people, especially the Democrats, do want to hold tight onto someone who they believe they that they know what they're doing, which is why they like Hillary Clinton so much. Oh, she's so qualified. And I think Biden has that, you know, he's qualified, he's likable, and he's he's trustworthy and i think that's what they need i think it'll be i think biden will take it but we'll see a lot can happen what about on the republican side do you think there'll be a I primary think challenge there'll be some jerk who wants to try i don't or talk about it but we're, we are still in the time of trump we need trump trump is great i think trump has a better chance of winning this next go-round because he's proven that you know he has done great things and and yeah there's a lot of chaos there's a lot of inappropriate things said and a lot of gossip but at the end of the day he's still still the guy that we need and I think he is doing a phenomenal job considering everything that's thrown at him and you gotta appreciate a guy that didn't need this and he's going full force into it and I think I think Melania is a great partner and then I think she's been a great first lady so it's it's I, I hope that they hang on for 2020 I really do well well speaking of somebody else who doesn't need to do this um, but I, I think is about to announce formally his uh, presidency um, and and who might actually be able to out Trump Trump? What about yeah. John McAfee? <laughs> oh yeah, I, if he if he goes in, he's going to win. All we need is a uh, a shirtless president. I, could you imagine him in the Oval Office smoking? I I couldn't imagine Donald Trump in the Oval that, Office. That's so true. why not? That, that's right. I mean. It, that's the thing is that once something becomes a reality, it's no longer unbelievable. Nothing shocks me anymore. So, you know, let's hope he does a better job um, if he becomes president with the presidency than, you know, protecting computers against antiviruses. I've heard that's not the best uh, program out there. But yeah, see that, that would be exciting. That's for sure. So going into next year, the Democrats are going to have uh, subpoena power, the ability to have as many investigations as they want. What would you like? I would like to them investigate? to investigate absolutely anything they want to investigate. I think the Democrats with launching investigations is really only going to weaken them. They they don't have anything to hold on to. They're outraged. Um, they're looking for something, and that's very evident. I think when the, the Democrats show themselves, like with the, the Kavanaugh debacle you know it's they're trying they're grasping so hard for something that all it does is end up you know showing their true colors and sabotaging them in the end so uh, i don't really care what they want to investigate if it's something actually worth investigating if there's evidence of something and they want to investigate go for it either prove that you're right or or be destroyed but i don't i don't really care what they go after i think they're they're so good at self-sabotaging i just i want to see them do whatever they, they want 
What else would Kate like to talk about? Who do you think is an overlooked part of the administration? Who do you think has been doing a really good job this year, even last year, that you think is overlooked? Mm. Ben Carson? Well, obviously Haley and Mattis are not overlooked. I was, you know, I was thinking Ben Carson as well. He's really kind of Oh, because he's been asleep, you mean? (laughs) (laughs) Possibly. It's not the worst thing in the world. There was a really funny um, clip from the the George H.W. Bush funeral where it it just had the, the whole array of people. It had that front awkward row of of all the presidents and then you know you saw administration people behind it and lo and behold of course ben carson was back there right in frame and was just asleep for the solid two minutes that they were panning this area it was so perfect i love him and his sleepiness and buying super expensive tables just so he can sleep under them what how about if we're doing a year in review what did you guys think of the kavanaugh hearings Ooh, yeah, I uh, I intentionally at the time said very little about it. And I think that Josiah sort of took a similar position. So, but I don't know, for myself, I Kavanaugh was never really my guy. The way Gorsuch was somebody that I was really sort of more emotionally invested in, I thought that I was more aligned with. The reality is, is that, you know, I, I'm a practicing lawyer. I, I uh, that was a time, you know, for that, the, that stretch of a few weeks there was actually a pretty busy time for me. And I really just didn't have the bandwidth to dig into the allegations and really formulate my own opinion. And it was a situation where I didn't, you know, some of the allegations, particularly the ones coming from Michael Avenetti, I thought were so ludicrous that I just dismissed them out of hand. But some of the other allegations, um, you know, I just, I I couldn't take the time to really formulate an opinion on. And, you know, I kind of wish that more people would maybe uh, take the same, maybe Maybe thoughtfully look into it yourself or don't formulate an opinion until the facts have, have all come out. So uh, the reality is, is I just didn't, I never did take the time to really truly there formulate an opinion. And sometimes you don't have to. And I think people forget that. It does seem, I think, clear that if you want to get to the bottom of a factual question, having senators giving each senator an allotment of five minutes to make a speech is probably not the best way to do that. Mm, Yeah, that was a mess. I am uh, aficionado of conspiracy theories, right? Which is not to say that I I believe them, but, you know, I find them kind of fascinating. And uh, you did just remember that uh, I stumbled a while back on what I think was perhaps one of the most inventive conspiracy theories that I have ever heard, uh, at least as far as a minor one goes. And there, there's a video on YouTube, which is like an in-depth analysis trying to prove that then Judge Kavanaugh and Christine Blasey Ford were actually the same person. Uh, <laughs> that, you know, through a series of like, you know, makeup and other disguises and whatever. Uh, this, this is the same person. Um, for 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 what purpose, you may ask. Um, and I guess it was uh, so that the powers that be would have, you know, would would always be able to blackmail Kavanaugh because if he ever stepped out of line, they could say, "Hey, you are actually your accuser." Right. So that makes perfect sense right there. 